I, I didn't really want to call it a series, but I guess whatever, you know, a series. But um, this message has been bubbling up in me for a while on the Holy Spirit. We're going to title it um, The Peace, the Presence, and the Promise. Um, whether it all comes out today and we go on to something new next week, you know, I'll let God decide that one. So turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 16. Um, but what he started stirring in me a while ago when uh, I knew we were going to be doing messages leading up to the water baptism is that most of the time there's an order to, if you see in the Bible, of people believing the word, being water baptized, and then filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there is cases, Cornelius and his household being one, where um, Holy Spirit's like, hey, I've waited long enough. I just got to show up. You know, this is too much even before the water baptism. But knowing that the water baptism service and the messages were, you know, were coming up, I knew that um, the Holy Spirit message right behind that would be the appropriate order. So really that two-part messages we did on the water baptism service a few weeks ago is like part one to this series. So that's why label it any way you want to. Um, but there's more. There's See, we on the water baptism service, we talked about being dead and alive. We're wanted dead and alive. Dead to the old man, alive, a new man in Christ. But there's even more to that that God has for us, and that's the Holy Spirit, the abundant life, not just life, not just a new man, but an abundantly new man, abundance in life, and that's the Holy Spirit, if you want to call it, his job. Um, and, and it's not like, oh, job, it's like, yes, job, okay? It's like you found the, the perfect job that fits all your qualifications. That's what the Holy Spirit has found in us who surrender to him. Um, so in John chapter 16, I've read this verse to you before, but it really is titled the work of the Holy Spirit or the ministry description of the Holy Spirit. I like that. And we'll start in um, chapter 16, verse 5. Jesus read letters here. Jesus saying, now I am going to, to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, other translations say advocate. I almost like advocate better because counselor in our, in our generation makes us think of a, a small little room with two chairs and you sitting there and blaming your mother for everything, right? Counselor, you know, no, only I think that way. Okay, well, um, advocate I like, someone who stands up, speaks for me. Um, actually, the definition of that um, is someone who stands for, um, and it could be a cause, uh, whatever. And some of the synonyms for advocate are fighter, crusader, um, I like the one that's called the backer. It's a backer. So it's like everything that's been spoken, the Holy Spirit as the advocate is the backer of all that. Can you see that? So advocate is not just counselor. He's going to comfort you. See, that's what I think of when I hear. And he is. 
but he's so much more than that. Advocate, the backer. God said it, you're going to do it. Well, how can I do it? The Holy Spirit in you, the backer. I like that. Okay, anyway, going on. Uh, unless I go away, the counselor, the advocate, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send to him. And now keep note of how many times he says will in here. Because that's not a maybe. Well, if I get a chance, you know. For some of you, it says I will. I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, the counselor, the advocate, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me. Jesus is saying this. By taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Known um, physically, um, uh, practically. Known, not just, oh, I know that. Known as in it's material now. I have it in my hand. Uh, make it known to you. So let's just think for a second. Um, I'm talking about, and I hate just saying talking about, I'm focusing on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want to try to give you some pictures that will help you understand that the Holy Spirit is not just less, oh, cloud, mystical, and sometimes he descends and sometimes he doesn't descend, or sometimes he's here and sometimes he's not here. Yet not make it so simple because the Holy Spirit is not simple. He is triune. He is part of the Godhead. He is God as much as Jesus is God. And yet they are completely distinct and completely separate. Um, he is the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I know some ministers that have removed the word even the because I don't say um, the Neil Hughes. Or the Brenda Maurer. But it is Holy Spirit. That is his name. His name is Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is more complicated than even the universe or all of creation. He was there before. As a matter of fact, Proverbs lays out the, the um, beginning of the Holy Spirit. Which is mind-boggling to try to comprehend what do you mean and he was there before but he was there and then he you know saw on you know so but I want to make it simple enough so when I give you simple pictures it's not to try to dumb down the Holy Spirit 
is trying to help us uh, wrap our minds around and understand, okay? Um, there's a, and I'll read that later, the Holy Spirit, um, when you surrender your life to Christ, when you open up your heart and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you get that dead man, new man, all things have behold. And it says that the Holy Spirit then comes, Jesus says, I come to live in you. Right? I am I'm in my father, the father's in me, you are in me, you know, we've talked about that before. We're all in this together. Um, but the Holy Spirit then is deposited in us in such a way that he's then the administrator, like we just read, of all that is ours. That is Jesus's, that is ours now. But there's times when the Holy Spirit comes on you that is a manifestation of more. And in the scripture, it actually says that at times that he will um, back away. Now, he hasn't removed himself from inside of you. But there's times when he does come in more. And there's times when he's like and steps back. And there's actual warnings in the Bible that tells us about how this can, uh, the Holy Spirit can, can um, be pushed aside subconsciously. Either you're doing it on purpose or you're not doing it on purpose. So it's as if Neil and Deborah and I went out to dinner, and at the table, Deborah and I talked the whole time. Neil kept saying, oh, I like to do that. Oh, you know, we go shopping, and we went up there, and he was like, oh, I like to do that, and we ignore him the whole time. And he says, hey, I've got something to say, and we never let him speak. Right, good luck. Sometimes that does happen. Pretty soon, his countenance is going to start dropping. He's going to feel um, unwelcomed. And, I mean, getting up away from the table and going to find something else to do, right, where he is welcome. You know, we wouldn't, you know, it probably would happen. Now, think about it this way. If the Holy Spirit is with us, and yet we never recognize him as being with us. But we constantly go throughout our day, throughout our life, and whatever, ignoring his existence that he's been given, his place that he's been given with us. Um, the Bible calls it grieving the Holy Spirit. Grieving is, um, or quenching. Grieving would be doing something you're not supposed to be doing, which could be doing life on your own without him. Quenching is not doing something you're supposed to be doing, both of which are warnings against the, the person of the Holy Spirit with you. And, and again, think of it. 
Um, I mean, I use three people talking, but what if there is only two? I mean, think about it. When you sit down to read your Bible or pray, usually by yourself, well, in the natural realm you are, but the Holy Spirit's right there with you, sitting right there with you. And so you pick up your word, and you've heard me say this before, you pick up your word and you start reading, and it's like, well, that's confusing. The one who wrote it is right beside you. And so when you're reading and it's confusing, I mean, I've got to where I say this right out loud. And it's funny because I do talk to myself a lot and I do talk to myself out loud. And I saw a T-shirt when we were um, up on vacation that says, um, stop trying to respond to me. I'm talking to myself. And I'm like, I got to get that T-shirt. Cause I and, and so while I'm studying and I come across something that feels confusing or out of place, I'll ask, Holy Spirit, you were there, you wrote it. What do you mean? What do you mean by this? Hmm. Oh wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because that lines up with this and this and this and this. Yeah. Cause remember, he won't give you something outside of this. He is the word because he is God. The word, he breathed the word. But to sit there and read it and go, oh, I don't understand that. I'm not even picking it up. I don't understand that. You're doing life without the Holy Spirit that's there for a purpose for you. For the abundance, for the fulfillment, for taking from what is his and making it known to you. Well, it's sitting right there. It's on the table right before you. And you sit there at the table. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And it's like the food's right there. Why aren't you taking it? It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. He's been given to us in all the abundance of heaven, all the resources of heaven. And yet we walk around a starved race, Christian race that, you know, and yet the banquet is laid out before us. Um, we walk around defeated. We walk around in want. And yet everything that heaven has is held inside the Holy Spirit's hands to give to us. And yet we walk around trying to do it all on our own. So the picture I'm trying to paint for you is, I don't want to make it too simplistic, or... Or try to say something um, out of place. Because I've talked to you before about the transform, the supernatural power of a transformed mind. How um, we've been studying that the, the mind is the gate, the door to heaven. Um, think of the Holy Spirit stands there because he has all access has been given the word, you take, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit's going to take from all that is mine and give it to you. Make it known to you. It's yours. So if we don't acknowledge that resourcer, that advocate, that counselor, that gate for us to that access, then we're living, I, I mean... There's a bigger word than subpar here. I just can't think of it right now. Way below 
the level that we're supposed to be living at as Christians. Abundant life. We should be so marked with all the abundance of heaven that people see us and notice us what's different about you. And yet when we go up to greet one another, so how are you doing today? And we throw out the hundred worst things that are going wrong in our life. Just pray for me, brother. We're, and I'm not saying, you know, act like they don't exist. I'm just saying don't give them a place of prominence in your life. You have to constantly be transforming the way you speak, transforming the way you think, and transforming the way you represent heaven. And that is not your job, that, but that's your responsibility to give prominence to the Holy Spirit in your life so that his power can be seen in and through you. The Holy Spirit is sent to lead us in all truth, not some truth, all truth, teaching us all things. You have, once you start really acknowledging the Holy Spirit in your life, all the time, and that's what I'm trying to get over and get across today, is to get us into creating a culture of awareness that the Holy Spirit is right here all the time, helping, you know, a counselor, an advocate, a resourcer, I mean, you know, throw in all the names you want to for him, he's got it all. He has all rights, all authority, uh, all access to everything we need. And God even, uh, or Jesus even slapped a tag on it and says anything that's in heaven is supposed to be here. Well, who brings it here? We do. How? The Holy Spirit. Just did a study on um, the word apostle. And I know some churches have went, you know, way left wing, let's swung way to the other way, other side. And it's not about a title, but let me just camp on the title for a second. Um, in Roman culture, the word was used apostle there first. Roman culture, where the kingdoms in Rome were set up to a, 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 they wanted, they really believed that they were going to invade earth with this whole Roman culture. And so they would send apostles from their kingdom to go take over another nation. And then they were to replicate the, the kingdom they came from and duplicate it wherever they go. So that it was a mere representation of their original location. So if they were from ABC, you know, Rome kingdom here, and they were sent to invade that territory over there, they wanted to replicate ABC kingdom exactly like that over here. That was what an apostle was called. When Jesus said, the, he called, we call it the Lord's prayer. prayer. Lord, don't need any prayer. We need the prayers. Disciples, pray this way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
Think of it now with that apostle uh, terminology there. On earth as it is in heaven. Whose job is that? Our job. To replicate everything that's in heaven wherever you go. So that heaven invades earth. Not without us. Oh, but I'm just a worm. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, I hear spiritual Christians say, oh, less of me, more of you, God. You don't want none of me, none of me. You know, God had none of you before he created you. And for some reason, he wanted you, so he created you. So why would he answer a prayer that says, none of me, God? He's like, I had that before. I didn't want it. So I know it sounds real spiritual. It's just not biblical. You notice that everything he does, he chooses to do through us. For some reason, he likes us. So he doesn't want less of you. He actually wants more of you. Now, more of us in more of him is a good prayer. More of you and more of me, that's a good prayer. Kind of like, you know, you can, you can just stick your hand in the shower and wash your hand. And that's nice. But wouldn't it be nice if you stuck your whole body in the shower and the whole shower got all over you? Kind of the same. You know, we just want to come in Sunday and just get a little bit of God. And he says, you know, I got so much more. So it's more of me and more of you. Okay? And now get your mind out of the shower. Okay? Anyway. Certainly not this in the shower. Anyway. But consistently ignoring the Holy Spirit, we limit our potential. And you think, well, what can I do? Nothing but surrender. Then you can do everything. And my weakness, I am proved strong. In your weakness, Jesus said, Holy Spirit, God says, I am proved strong. Why? Because everybody can tell it's not you. You don't have to go around it. It's not me. It's not me. It's not. You know, when people come up and say, hey, good message. You know, I could be, oh, don't say that. Oh, don't, oh, don't say that. Well, obviously you can say that. Because I, I was the mouthpiece. He was the words. I was the mouthpiece. So we worked together. And then I'll take that. I'll take that back to God. And that's my offering back to him. It's when you take it. To yourself. Hey, good message. Yes, it was, wasn't it? I studied a long time for that one. And then I can pat myself on the back, right? Straight to, well, let's not say it. But but when I take that, say thank you. Oh, good word. Oh, thank you. Thank you. As it is into a basket almost. And back to my closet and offer that back up. God, you know I can't do anything without you. Here's the offering of praise and thanksgiving back to you. But I want to keep us, I want to try to create, like I said, a culture of awareness of the Holy Spirit's ever-present, all-the-time presence in our life. Uh, I was, when I... I told you I started digging into this. It seemed like, and I'll hit YouTube. I, I watch a lot of um, messages. 
So I'm constantly being fed all the time, listening to them on my phone, pop them in, you know, in my car. Um, and random, you know, I've got subscriptions to different, you know, podcasts or whatever. So I don't even have to think about it. I just bam, bam, just hit on it. Message, words being preached to me from these people that I trust and know. And it seemed like everyone was talking about the Holy Spirit over the last couple months or three months. It was before camp. So a couple months. Um, everyone. And I, I was actually laughing about it because I'm like, I think you're preparing this message uh, again before even the water baptism messages. And randomly, I also um, am subscribed to Audible so that I get two books a month, you know, and I download them right to my phone and it reads to me. I love that. Isn't that so nice? I love the Bible read to me. I love books read to me. So I can, you know, words going out in me all the time. Well, I mean, how, how many people have heard of Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit? That's an oldie. That's an old book. I don't know how many years ago he wrote that one. Way, way, way back. Out of the blue, it popped up on my Audible, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that was available, and I downloaded it. Out of the blue, I'm listening to, I don't know, one of the preachers, and he says, oh, if you really want to uh, understand how to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you need to listen to Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, moving up in my queue. I'm going to start that book right away. Because I'm like, come on. I mean, too random. No, nothing's ever random. God sets you up. But it was after I read that book or while I even while I was reading the book and the boys being filled at camp, you know, and getting back in the car and explaining their experience. I'm like, I know exactly what you're going. I know exactly. You know, it's sharing with them, you know, the book, Benny Hinn and the studies I've been doing. And I said, now you need to stay in that. Stay in that. It wasn't an experience that happened. He's not here in the church and waiting for you to come in just on Sunday so you can then have conversation, relationship, and then leave without him. All right? It's cultivating an ever-presence. Uh, about, I don't know, maybe three, four weeks ago, um, again, every from the moment I wake up, everything, you know, I almost wish I had one of those little alarms on my phone. That just, I would set it to, or I'm touching my watch, on my watch that would just say, um, alarm would go off, I'm still here. I'm still here. Because that's what I kept trying to train myself, you know. Oh yeah, Holy Spirit's still here. Holy Spirit's still So how are you doing? How are you doing? Am I doing something? Would you like to say something? I'm walking into Sam's. Would you like to say something? Who would you like to talk to? See how there's a difference? Now it's not, come on, Holy Spirit, do what I say, do what I want, come when I call. It's a Holy Spirit, I'm following you. You got all the resources, right? Holy Spirit, I'm here, I'm your hands, your feet, your mouthpiece. Is there anybody you want to talk to? And so wouldn't it be cool if we had little alerts that went off? You know, hey, I'm still here, Holy Spirit. Right? That'd be so cool. Find that. Go ahead and give that to me. Put it in a box with a bow because I really love gifts. Anyway, 
But when I started really thinking about this and uh, the awareness of all the time, Holy Spirit's there, Holy Spirit's there, Holy Spirit's there. Um, I was less than um, holy a few times because it seemed like, and I had even planned, I was going to get away. I didn't tell anybody yeah, three days because I was just trying to line things up in our schedule. I wanted three days completely alone. I talked to Brian. Boys were working um, at Interlochen. I said, so um, I don't think I need to go away. We got the whole basement to ourselves. Um, if it's okay with you, Brian, I'm just going to camp out in the basement for three days. I just need to get alone with God. Um, you know, wanted to just be alone with God. I said, just my Bible and, and you know, God. And um, he's like, okay. And so I started hearing the staff. This was going to happen. This was going to happen. This person's going away. And I'm like, oh, this is all going to work out. This is wonderful. You know, three days. And so just as I sent the text out to the staff that says, hey, shut my phone off. Uh, I'll be, you know, unreachable for these three days. But, you know, emergency. Obviously, I'm right there at the house. Emergency. Um, somebody die. Emergency only. Anyway, soon as I said that, was it that same day? I get the phone call. Um, my daughter, her hospital. I need to move in, take care, you need to take care of the grandbaby, um, and our world just turned upside down with chaos. Um, so I thought I was going into, you know, quietness for three days, and it, instead it turned into complete chaos 24-7. Uh, I started complaining. It seemed like every turn of the head about, you know, I'm frustrated here, I'm frustrated there, I'm tired there, I'm tired there. And that, that's been a while, let's just say a while now. Um, it's still going on. She's still healing. Still, you know, she's getting better. She just started driving. Um, and then, you know, uh, but it almost became uh, hilarious where every time I'd get up earlier, you know, like instead of getting up at 5, I'll get up at 4.30, you know, so I can get some time, you know, where it's just me, the Bible, quiet. I like quiet. I like no music going on, nothing when I'm reading because, um, anyway, I get distracted easy. And as soon as I don't, then all of a sudden people would start waking up. I'm like, what are you doing up at five o'clock in the morning? <gasps> I couldn't sleep. I'm like, serious? Really? Or I'll go over to this little corner of the house and I'm like, mom, really? Seriously? No other time. Actually, I even tested. I'm like, just just grab a magazine or something. Walk over there. Yep, nobody. Mm-hmm, nobody. Get up in the morning, turn the news on at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yep, nobody. But get my Bible, go over to the table and sit down, and the whole house wakes up. And I started getting frustrated. It's like, seriously, are you kidding me? And all I, all I wanted, then I started crying to the staff. All I wanted was three days alone. I'll take one day. I'll take one hour alone. And so I was, you know, Lord, you know, here I am trying to make, you know, all this peace in my life because you, you know, inhabit the, you know, in peace and the Holy Spirit remains in peace. And yeah, I got chaos. And how am I supposed to have peace and chaos? And why am I getting so frustrated if I'm making, uh, you know, time, I want to say that, time for you, Lord, 
and everything I do, why am I getting so frustrated? Why, you know, agitated? All these things that were just rising to the surface. And while I was getting ready, you know, I'm complaining to the Lord about, you know, thought I was supposed to, you know, things were supposed to get better if I do this. Things aren't getting better. As a matter of fact, why are all these negative, I'm, you know, haven't blown up since, you know, years and years ago. Why did I just blow up or why did, you know, I feel this or think that? And the Holy Spirit just gently spoke to me and said, the closer you get to me, the fire, the more that stuff will rise to the surface. And if you don't run and retreat when that thing goes, you know, when you blow up or you say something or you think something you're not supposed to, and then you go around, oh, I'm a worm, I'm a worm, I'm horrible. There I go again. See, I'm just horrible. He said, if you don't retreat from that and allow me to, I'll skim that off. And it won't be a part of you anymore. See, the closer we get to the fire, like dross, you know, it comes to the surface that gold is being refined. That junk has to come out. It has to come up. But then allow him, don't retreat when that happens, but allow him to skim that off. Then he's purifying us. And as soon as I heard that, I wasn't frustrated anymore. As a matter of fact, when I would feel something start to rise up in me, I'm like, oh, more junk. Go ahead, God, skim it off. It's not staying. It's not a part of me. It's not a part of you. So when you get closer to the Holy Spirit, you cultivate this awareness of him always there. Don't retreat and don't run if he points something out or something comes to the surface that needs to be removed. Don't grab a hold of it and bring it back to yourself and, and take it upon yourself that, oh, that's just me. No. Let that thing go. Take it back to the grave. Give it over to God. It's not part of you. So let me just for a couple minutes get right into this first aspect of the Holy Spirit. We want to talk about the peace, the presence, and the promise. Uh, and I alluded to it a little bit, the peace. Bill Johnson explains the Holy Spirit like a dove on your shoulder that you, you are aware of. You know, wherever you go, if you can make yourself aware, if there was a dove that landed on my shoulder and I wanted to keep him on my shoulder, I would be careful how I moved, how I talked, you know, that it wouldn't be disturbed. It wouldn't be, um, I don't want to say spooked away, but you hear. Well, yesterday when we were going to the Honoring Our Heroes event, I had I had to get the, do the baked beans and in my big roaster, it was like full to the top, right? So I put the lid on it. We, you know, bungee corded it down. I put it in a box and even packed the box so that it wouldn't slide around. I was constantly aware of the baked beans in the back of my vehicle when I was driving. You don't want to clean baked beans out of the carpet in your car. So I was taking off carefully, I was slowing down, I was turning the whole trip, 
my mind was on the baked beans. So you can go ahead and picture either the dove or the baked beans. I don't care. But the idea of being constantly aware of that we don't want to grieve or we don't want to quench the Holy Spirit, we also don't think about it. We don't want to go without acknowledging everything he has for us. And, and yes, that's in grieving because think about a mother's heart. Remember, uh, I've told you before, God is both mother and father. So it's not a one or the other. I know we call him our heavenly father, um, but it's like, think of a, a mother's heart with the Holy Spirit that a child asks for something, wants something, but never asks for it. I've used that example with you before. And then to find out later that you wanted that, well, if you would have just asked, I would have given it to you. That's the grieving. That you're going about your day doing things, doing life on your own, and the Holy Spirit's like, just ask. I've got it right here. I've had Christians come to me and say, well, you know, and they pull out the scripture and says, well, you know, God knows what we want before we ask. So why do we even ask? Come on. Think about that. Again, when you read the word, it better line up with the word. You interpret the word with the word. Why does he want us to ask? Why does he want us to acknowledge he's the source of all we need? Whose benefit is that for? Oh, he's so egotistical. He wants us to ask him for everything. Do you hear the pride rising up in that? So who's it for? To ask the Father. It's not for him, it's for us. To acknowledge you're the source. To acknowledge you're the all-powerful, all all-knowing, all-provide. Everything I need is in you, God. So we can fold or cross our arms, fold our arms and set back. And if he wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. Oh, he'll give it to you, all right. I don't think it's what you're going to ask for or, or not asking for, however you want to say that now. But there's pride in that, see? But when we're a surrendered and ask, all right, now I don't even remember where I was going to start with, but I wanted to touch on peace. Um, and I'll quickly touch on it. I think we're going to have to touch on it again next week. But peace being the atmosphere of heaven, let's say it that way, the air of heaven, doesn't mean, see, in our culture, in our world, peace means the absence of war. Peace is, like I was saying, uh, the absence of chaos. See, I was in the understanding that I wanted to get alone with God. Why? Well, because it's peaceful. But that's not his peace. His peace is peace in the middle of a storm. It's peace in the absence of a storm. But it's also peace in the middle of a storm. That's how Jesus could sleep in the middle of the boat, in the middle of a storm. It's peace. Peace as the atmosphere of heaven. Now, when we can be in the middle of chaos and still have that inner peace, now the Holy Spirit is constantly abiding. He can abide where there's peace. But when we're 
you know, flinging and flailing our arms and our whole world and, oh, everything's horrible. I can't do this and all this is going on. He's like, I'm out. Right? Guess you're having your look. What, isn't it like the child that throws the fit in the grocery store line because they want a candy bar and mom says no and they, oh, <laughs> you know, rolling around screaming and you're just like, I don't know whose kid that is. I'm out, right? But a, a, the piece I'm talking about, let me try to get this out because I want to make sure we spend plenty of time at the altar. Uh, peace is the unshakable kingdom within that cannot be disturbed by any circumstances. And see, that's what God has been developing in me in the last few months. That it's a unexplainable. It, it's a, yeah, he's preaching my message, so. Uh, it's the atmosphere of heaven. It's when you stay in that place of constant awareness that all of heaven's resources are at your disposal with the Holy Spirit in you, upon you, with you, advocate, the backer of everything you need. We go wrong when we try to understand everything. Well, why did he put us through this storm? You know, Jesus told us to go to the other side, told us to get in the boat. He left us. We're out here three and a half miles out into this lake. And now this storm and we're just going to die. It's when we try to understand why did, why am I going through this? Why did they have to die? Why did this go wrong? Why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? When you want to understand, you push back the peace that he wants to give you. The peace, the atmosphere of heaven that keeps you, that kingdom within you, strong. Uh, let me just read this to you. Jesus said this in John 14, so a couple chapters before this. He's talking about his peace. He says, peace, I leave you. Listen. My peace I give you. Oh, wait, no. I don't think you understand that. It's not a peace. He didn't say, I'm giving you a peace. He said, my peace I give you. Jesus had peace that could keep him sleeping in the middle of the storm. Jesus had peace that could be commanded to a storm to quiet the winds and waves. Jesus had a peace that could be spoken when he walked through the walls and all of his disciples were trembling in fear that could calm their hearts. He said, my peace I give you. Listen, going on. And I do not give to you as the world gives. How does the world give things right now? There's strings attached. 
or it's selfish. I'll give you this because I know it will benefit me here. Uh, but most of the time, it's that selfish strings attached, right? He said, I don't give as the world gives. You hear that? I'm giving you my peace, and you know what? Now it's up to you. What are you going to do with it? It's all yours. It's my peace. Do not let. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Listen to that. Do not let. That word let is also allow. Think of what he said, what you allow. Bind on earth what you don't see in heaven. Loose on earth what you see loosed in heaven. Allow on earth what's allowed in heaven. Let what you see, what you know, what you've read, what you understand about God's kingdom, let that be on earth. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't allow. He's saying you have that power, that peace that I give you, my peace in you. Don't allow. Bind that fear. Allow that peace. Loose that peace. Bind that fear and loose that peace. That's the same word verbiage there. I'm giving you, Jesus said, my peace. Now, whatever you go through, now we're talking complete different uh, perspective. Now when the storm comes up, there's his peace in us. Fear is bound. Peace is loosed. So that whether he calms the storm or he stands with you in the fire, you have peace. Not his peace, not the world's peace. Because the world's peace means there has to be an absence of war. The world's peace means there has to be an absence of chaos. You can't be in the middle of chaos and have peace. That's what the world says. Jesus says, yeah, but I'm giving you my peace. And you can stand in the middle of the fire and I'm there with you. You can be tossed into the lion's den and I'll be there to close their mouths. My peace I give you. All the resources of heaven, loosed and bound on earth as an apostle, replicating heaven wherever you go. How? By the Holy Spirit. On you, in you, with you, your advocate, the backer of all the resources of heaven at your disposal. Why? For your name? No, we read it in 16, John 16. Jesus says, he'll glorify me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. There it is. For God to be glorified, for Jesus' name to be known, to be made known. You're an ambassador of heaven, his kingdom, wherever you go. Don't try to understand what you're going through. Doesn't matter. And I'm not trying to belittle. I mean... I'm not trying to make light 
of anybody's problems, trials, whatever. Just don't allow it precedent over the prince of peace. Because the prince of this world already stands condemned. We read that. So when you are going through all the junk, when you are going through all the whatever, instead of wallowing in the, oh, woe is me, why is this happening to me? Nobody understands. You don't allow it that kind of precedence or prominence in your life. You immediately go to the Prince of Peace. I know, Lord, that you can calm any storm. Whether you choose to calm this one or just keep me safe through it, you're the Prince of all peace that passes all understanding. I don't need to understand. I mean, think about the little kids when they started those why questions as they're growing up. Come on, moms. You just finally said, because I'm mom. I said right it's okay that God says that to us you don't need to understand it's okay for you sometimes not to understand why because then where's faith where's trust if you know everything for one thing if you know everything let's just step aside and let you take the pulpit here you know God needs to come down off his throne because obviously you know everything but he says you don't need to know everything because that's where faith steps in that's where trust is built there would be no such thing as faith or trust if you knew everything. So it passes that peace. He said his peace. Jesus' peace is with you. You can, you can trust him. The Holy Spirit stays, remains, rests, and abides in that atmosphere of peace. The Prince of Peace. And listen, when you don't when you don't allow your problems, your circumstances, your trials, tribulations, prominence, but you recognize Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. Our promise is that he will soon crush Satan under your feet. He already crushed him under his feet. But he says when you acknowledge him as the prince of peace over all this chaos, over all these problems, then he will crush Satan under your feet. I know I got to stop right there. I could keep going on. Next week I want to really, I might touch on peace again because I didn't get to um, share everything with you. Well, there's never going to be everything shared to you. But next week I want us to move into talking about the presence. I, I shared a little bit with a couple of you on, uh, yesterday that it's like the child in the bed at night scared, afraid. There is a monster under the bed. Mom, Dad, don't you understand? There is a monster under the bed. And you can stand there at the doorway and tell them till you're blue in the face, there's not, there's not, there's not. It's okay. Stop being afraid. It's okay. Stop being afraid. But the minute that you crawl into the bed with them, 
your presence is beside them. Now what monster? Doesn't matter. Dad's right here. We have that. We have that. All right. Uh, we just got to, I, I was waiting for a, a nice landing, but there's no landing. We're just, you know, grab the parachute, jump out. Let's end this message. <laughs> um, uh, so let's do this. Would you guys all stand? I'm a true believer that physical response will bring spiritual breakthrough. Let me help you understand that. Again, like I said, you sit back in your seat, cross your arms and say, well, if God wants me to be free, he'll come free me back here. If he wants me to have more of him, he'll come find me. Um, arrogance and pride will bring God, but not in the way you want. But a physical response, which means a physical surrender, stepping outside of what you would normally set back and relax and uh, I'll just seek the Lord right here. Somebody once told me that they renamed their bed um, soaking. Soaking or prayer. I heard it both ways. Soaking or prayer. So when somebody calls and says, where have you been? I've been in soaking in the Lord. I've been in prayer. Oh, you've been in bed. Yeah, I, I want to pray. I, I'll just pray right here as I stretch out on the couch and get my favorite blanket. Physical. Physical. Do something that you've never done before. If you've never raised your hands, raise your hands. If you've never been on your knees before, maybe it's time for you to get on your knees before God. Put your hands up. Open up yourself. Will bring spiritual breakthrough. Why? Because he says, you draw near to me, then I'll draw near to you. So always ask, always ask for us to take a step first. He even asked the blind man who called out to him. Jesus, when he turned around, said, okay, call him, bring him here. What do you want from me? What? You know, if I would have been one of the disciples right there, I think sometimes, I mean, I'd be like, Jesus, he's blind. Don't you see that? What do you mean? What is he? What do you want him to do? He's blind. But it's that you draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. You take a step. I'll come closer to you. See, when we step in, when we lean into God, then he leans into us. But if he was, if we were stiff, straight, and unapproachable, for God to lean into us first would almost feel, I don't want to get there. Anyway, he's a gentleman. He wouldn't force himself on you. I'll put it that way so it sounds nicer. He's not going to force himself on you. The Holy Spirit remains in peace. The atmosphere of heaven is peace. Surrender. Loosing. Binding fear. Loosing peace. So let's just let's just be quiet for a couple minutes. And yes, you can keep playing though. And let's just ask 
God, what do you want to speak to us today? Your word is so good. God, you've been speaking your word to us. Lord, we're hearing your word that you are Holy Spirit, not just our counselor, you're our advocate, you're a teacher, you're our guide, you're ever-present help, always with us. Open our ears to hear you speaking to us. Holy Spirit, we wait on you. I mean, as good as it was for Jesus to be with us, even Jesus himself says, it's going to be better for you if I go away because then I'll send Holy Spirit to you. So we have the better part of that, the Holy Spirit. That relationship that we thought was at its peak when Jesus was walking the earth with the disciples. He said, oh, there's more, there's better. We have that. So right now, Holy Spirit, we just surrender to you. We surrender to you. And I'm going to open up the altars right now. You need to get alone right now with God. Or if you have, like Pastor Neil said, if you need prayer for anything, the altars are open and we want to pray with you. If you want to begin a relationship or maybe a renewed relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, dead to the old man, alive anew with him, that can happen today. And all you have to do is come see one of us at the altar and pray. We'll pray with you. We'll get you all the resources we have to help you on your new faith journey or renewed faith journey in the Lord as a follower of Christ. He simply said, if you want to be my disciples, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. 